Welcome in everybody to the Bourbon Buzz and Ballin' Podcast. We are your hosts, Colby and Dutt, and it's podcast time. It is. It also looks like it's a show to our appreciation night as we both uh, broke out the two of jerseys. Well, two a time. Maybe some, to- maybe some toasts. Yeah, yeah. If you want to jump right into it, we can do that because everybody knows we like to start our show with an opening toast. Why not? And... Uh, I'll go first with a little history lesson. All right. I'm all ears. September 2022, Sean Payton was working. <laughs> stealing as, my juice, man. And, You're stealing my uh, juice. Am I? Am I? So anyway, he's working as a TV analyst for the NFL. And he said that Tua was going to be benched in favor of Teddy Bridgewater. Then there's going to be a big quarterback controversy, and Miami's going to be looking for their new quarterback of the future. Let's fast forward to 2023, September 2023, and uh, that statement didn't age too well. Didn't age well. Tua put some yards up on him. Tua did. One half, 16 for 16, 206 yards, two touchdowns, and they scored 35 points. I, f- I feel like Mike McDaniel might have been kind of behind that that as well. Yeah. I mean, the 70 points. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he, he didn't like – he didn't like Sean talking smack about his quarterback. Nah. But, uh, yeah, and then for the game, like you said, they put up 70, two or three, four touchdowns, one right-handed, three left-handed. <laughs> he's, he's amphibious. <laughs> one one no-look, you know, three-looking, one no-looking. Um, yeah, he showed out, you know. He, I do know what that word is, too, by the way. It's a joke. <laughs> he, uh, he definitely showed out, and that's who, that's who I'm giving my toast to this week is uh, – Mr. Tua, Tunga Viola. Tunga Viola. Tunga Viola. Well, that's a great toast. Um, I'm happy to see Tua rubbing some nose, rubbing some noses in some overrated, some bust comments. He, he's keeping receipts. He's keeping he receipts. Is. He's taking one from Dion. Ala Dion. Well, you stole my thunder. I was gonna toast Tua as well, but uh, I can jump on and toast uh, the legend Brooks Robinson, who passed away today. Yeah. So, uh, you know, great Baltimore Oriole third baseman. Yep. So, and he was the great Oriole before Cal Ripken. Yeah. And oh, the, yeah. The, the Orioles have had some – they haven't had a lot of team success, but they've had some <laughs> – of course, now they're, they're young and good yeah, uh, they, for, they, for our baseball fans out there. Finally, but, uh, after about four decades, they finally started to build a little bit. Now Brooks was, uh, you know, I guess before our time, basically. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously you collected cards. I collected cards. So. I don't know that I ever had a Brooks Robinson. Well, I, I guess I I guess I predated you a little bit in the card yeah, collecting because yeah. I did have a few Brooks Robinson. And, you know, being a baseball historian or, or wannabe historian, you know, kind of following the game like I have, you know, Brooks Robinson's always been sort of the, the model for a third baseman, especially with the glove. Mm-hmm. 16 consecutive gold gloves. 18 yeah. All-Stars, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was just awesome. Hate to see him, hate to see him gone, but right. 86 yeah. years of good living and well accomplished. So, here's to you, Mr. Robinson. <laughs> here's to you, Mr. Robinson. And, and to you too, Tua. Tua. Cheers. Cheers. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about Tua, they uh, – you know, I think without a doubt, when healthy, 
he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. You know, I would, I would take him. I think he's actually surpassed the other two taken in that draft that he gets compared with. You know, I, I, I definitely think so. I, I mean, would take him today over Burrow and, and Herbert. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you look at. Uh, I think Herbert's somewhat overrated and overhyped. He he doesn't win. Right. He does. He doesn't make any just spectacular throw. I mean, yeah, yeah he's. I mean, he's, he's got a, a big he, arm. He's, and he's, he's, a, he's a nice specimen. Prototypical. You know? Yeah, exactly. Size. But if you look at his air yards, he he throws for like half of the air yards that Tua does, and they, that's what the big knock on Tua was was he can't make a deep throw. Well, he's averaging. Almost ten yards a, a, a route. Sure. And Herbert's all Herbert was loaded up yeah. with a Hall of Famer. Right. To start with. Yeah. And two I is two is loaded two now. Two is loaded now. Yes. And, and you see what but he, you see the numbers now. Yeah. So. And you see what he's doing. And so. uh, and and you know just looking at Tua's physique, you know you can see. Oh yeah. You know he's, he's always he's, been kind of you know up. just not very chiseled, kind of a thick, mm-hmm. stout kid. But now he's starting to. Chisel up a little bit. He looks like he's, uh, you know, and there was never a doubt that Tua had the want him, the want to. Yeah. And so it's just a you matter know, of yeah, no, he, he doesn't have the arm strength of some of these other top quarterbacks. But where he makes up for that, he's got the best accuracy. You don't in the have league. to have arm it's strength when you have the anticipation, the anticipation, and, uh, the accuracy, the, brains the quick the release. Yeah. He's he's actually getting the ball out the fastest of any quarterback right. in the league. He's like barely over two seconds. And that's hats off to his coach. Yeah, they finally schemed. got a coach who schemed properly for him and not throwing him under the bus like like Flores, who's now a Viking coach, which I absolutely hate. Which but, that whole staff may be. Yeah. <laughs> they don't turn things around. On the way out. But anyway, yeah, no, too, I'm, I'm just I'm happy I'm, to I'm see happy it for him. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's one of my favorite all-time former Bama players just because he's such a good human being. Right. And uh, and and he had to put up with a bunch of shit he didn't deserve. He did not deserve any of that. And uh, I think uh, I feel like most of the Tua Tua hate came from the Bama fatigue. Yeah, you know, yeah, coming right. off of you know two you know Tua second and twenty six against Georgia, and you know the Bama fatigue, the Bama domination. You know, it was just real easy to hate. On Alabama players, yeah. if you weren't, let's look. An let's look fan. for something that yeah, we can exactly. we can trash. And I think everyone's now starting to realize that too is just a like you said a great person. Um, he's a hard worker, and uh, man, it's good. Sky's it's good to see it. Yeah, it good is. to see it. It is. What you uh, toasting with this evening? I am. I've gone back to one of my favorites, one of my local favorites, Southern Star Paragon, okay. which little, uh, little local, the the high proof one. No. The, the low? Yeah. Okay. I went back to the uh, – Yeah, we got a high proof tonight. Yeah, yeah. so that's why so, I went with the 100. I went with the uh, the piggyback, the, the bourbon piggyback the that we did. Year. Yeah, six the six-year six piggyback yeah. uh, that we did, I think. Uh, was that our first episode this year? I think, yeah, I think so. it was on the first episode. That's not the rye, though. No, not the rye. I, yeah. I did this, just the regular uh, bourbon. Yeah. I actually sold a, a, a piggyback, the piggyback rye. I mm-hmm. sold one the other day at the ABC store. I, I ran into a guy, and we were just talking bourbon and yeah. podcasting, and I was like. Oh, yeah. I was I, like, you sold one. Well, I sold I, I <laughs> sold you, him on it. He's boot, like, you a bootlegger now? He said, <laughs> he said, I don't like rye. And I was like, but he said, Try I want to try. I was like, yeah. you got to try this one. And 
And so I was like, if you don't, if you don't like it, then don't. I yeah. gave him my card. I said, if you don't like it, give me a call. I'll buy it for. I'll buy it buy from, from you. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. felt and, that and strongly. If you, if you don't like that ride, don't try any other ride. No, because that one. Was, that was the, that's the best ride I've ever had. Yeah, that was a great. That was a great ride, Bourbon for sure. All right, well, you want to roll on into our scumbags? Why not? You Why wanna, not? You, since I stole your thunder on the Tua, I'll I'll let you go. See, we don't even discuss who we're going to toast or, or who our scumbag is are going to be until he shows up and we start recording. So let's see who your scumbags we're are. We're just shooting from the hip. That's right. My scumbag is going to be Notre Dame. Okay. Just Notre Dame. I don't really <laughs> want to call out Marcus Freeman per se. Kind of I will, but I'm just, <laughs> uh, you know, Notre Dame. He doesn't want to call him out, but he just did. That's like, that's like last week's episode. I said, I didn't say that, that uh, Ty Simpson was the best. I said he was the most, he had the highest seal and the most talent. But then I, when I played it back, I did say he was the best. And then we got into the rate that shit, and you were like, oh, yeah, that, that old elk cigar, it's, it's $130 to be exact. And then you said, it's like 120-something. <laughs> so, I'm a walking contradiction. You got, you got to watch what we say. I've been told that time or two. Now <laughs> but I, anyway. Now I forgot what you, you were going about. You were going to give your scumbag of the oh, week. Oh, yeah, Notre Dame, man. I am, I am so sick and tired of Notre Dame getting to the dinner table and then can't, can't finish their meal, yeah. man. I'm just tired of Notre Dame. Y'all, y'all, y'all are old. Your game is old. I'm just tired of you not being able to come through on the big yeah, stage. They need to, they, and they need to join a conference. This, yeah. this independent stuff with them getting their own network. And, and to play as good as you did, and then for the coaching staff off of a timeout mm-hmm. to run two plays with ten players, and then even, even the head coach. I said I wasn't going to call you out, but you did <laughs> screw up. Freeman's like, well, I didn't want to I didn't want to risk a penalty. I, a half a yard penalty, and the kid the kid scored with a half a yard. So I mean, if you had another player in there, chances of you stopping it was a lot better than with ten players. So well, and and my my, my scumbags, I got two of them actually. Uh, well, I kind of said my scumbags are horrendous coaching, but uh, two in in particular, and I'm looking at you, Brandon Staley. Uh, how this guy still has a coaching job Not going is beyond me. Year. But uh, he's up by four with two minutes and – no, one minute, 51 seconds left to play against your Vikings. Minnesota has no timeouts. Fourth, and, fourth down and one at his own 24-yard line. The smart thing to do, punt it deep. Minnesota's got to score twice or a touchdown. Not, not twice, but a, a touchdown. Uh, field goal's no good. So he's thinking, I'm going to go for it. We're going to get this one yard. I'm going to ice the game. He runs a fullback dive right into the line. The game's absolutely no yards. Gives the ball to Minnesota right there at the 24. So instead of them having to go 80 yards for a potential go-ahead touchdown, they have to go 24 yards. And uh, – just stupid coaching. I don't. I don't understand how that guy has a job still. I mean, we talked about I it mean, last year. Yeah, you go back to that twenty, I mean, having a twenty-seven to nothing lead in the playoffs against the Jaguars. I mean, and blowing that. 
I mean, he, I'm all for analytics, but at some point, sometimes you got to, you to use common sense. Pull your over. head out of your ass and use common yeah, sense. Yeah, I actually, I think it was um, Marcus Spears said, "Well, analytics doesn't tell you what play to call." So yeah, the play, the sheet might have said your odds are better going for it, but you're going to put it in a fullback's hand that hadn't touched the ball all game instead of, you know, trying to. Get it with with something. Quarterback sneak with exactly. Six do, do quarterback. A, yeah, do a do a tush push on Herbert, but uh, yeah, it. Uh, I can't see him unless unless they have a big turnaround and go far in the playoffs. It's time for a check. I mean, because look at he's been, had a loaded roster, loaded roster, and no. he's done nothing with it. No, I think I don't think he'll survive this season because I can't believe he's still got a job. To be honest with you, right. And then the other coach I'm looking at is Mr. Josh McDaniels. Mm. He, he he apparently he overslept uh, and didn't make it to math class because <laughs> they've got the ball fourth and four with two minutes and twenty five seconds left to play, and he's down eight. So a field goal does you absolutely no good. Right. He, he, there was uh, two minutes and twenty five seconds left in that game. I guess he thought I kick a field goal. Then, then I get my touchdown. And I don't even have to worry about getting a two-point conversion on that touchdown. But you're at. Did he have timeouts left? Yeah. Yes. He he had. I think he had all of his time. He either had two or three of his timeouts left. And uh, so I guess he thought he could just shut shut him down. And well, but if you can shut him down, go for it while you got the ball on the four-yard line. Go for that touchdown. If you don't get it that time, you've got them at the four-yard line. You're going to have to get a stop anyway, Sure. get that stop, and then you get the ball back with a short field. Right. So either way, it was a stupid. Yeah, you got to take your shot when you stupid got it. Dis- I mean, from the four-yard line. You're not guaranteed to get the ball back no. at two minutes no. and then get a chance inside the red zone so to score again. That, so that, both of those coaching decisions were um, tremendously stupid. Uh, and I, How these guys have still, you know, Josh McDaniels, how many – Opportunities he's been given to be a head coach. Yeah. Know. Well, I mean, this will be his second strike, won't it? Yeah. Second yeah. Strike, Mr. So. Mr. Tim Tebow drafted him to the Broncos in the first round. Wow. Uh, and then Staley, all his poor decisions, game management. Yeah. So those are my scumbags. And I did have a honorable mention for a bad coaching decision. I don't know if it was on the offensive coordinator or on Kirk Cousins, but how you don't spike that ball. When you've got it first and goal, with there was like 25, 26 seconds left, and they ran, they let half the time run off. Yeah, they were trying to set up the play rather than spiking it. Claiming crowd noise. Yeah, I mean, spike, <laughs> spike it, lose a few seconds, then you got three plays to try to get your your winning touchdown. Cra- just crazy, um, you know. And to give up a to, to get the winning touchdown off of a sure interception. Yeah, I just don't. I don't understand these. Uh, yeah, that's another scumbag for me. Defensive backs who can't freaking catch. <laughs> that's why they play defense. I don't understand. No, I still don't understand it. Defensive backs. Listen, DBs, in my opinion, are the best athletes on the field. Why can't they catch? I mean, maybe wide receivers now. Back in the day, well, the you know, I just don't get it. Wide receivers, they they're they're spending a lot of time on the jugs machine and catching all. They're catching hundreds and hundreds of balls a day, but 
I still agree with you. If you're if you're an elite enough athlete, yeah, at the D one to get level to the NFL or yeah or Power Five school, yeah, come on, man. There's no excuse. That that, that was some bad bad mistake. Who? Uh, I mean, they look they look blind. I mean, which, that dude looked blind. Like he didn't even. There was a, I, there was another game. I'm trying to think who it was, and I mean. It was a pick six right there. This is a this is an all pro DB. It might have that been last uh, night. Might have been the Raven. Was it or was that the, the night that game was last, last night? night? Yeah, that was last night. I want to say that was. Uh, at any rate, it was last night. He the quarterback, the receiver didn't even stop. He was just running, and the quarterback yeah. threw it out to the flat. Yeah, and he jumped the he route, jumped and he the route had it for an easy pick six, and just flat out dropped the ball. Yeah, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Yeah, so. Yeah, so those are my scumbags. I might have been able to add Tommy Reese to that list for one half. And well, then he, and then he figured things out a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Well, you Tommy's know, Tommy's a work in progress. We're gonna we're gonna give you some some reins. But if you've got it first and goal from the one, don't fucking shotgun. And your bro. center struggles with shotgun snaps anyway. What in the? Come on, man. <laughs> I think Nick got some ass on that. Oh one. yeah, Nick, Nick, that'll never happen again. I guarantee it. That Let's will hope never not. happen Let's again. Hope not. I mean, we come out in the second half and we go under center. Mm-hmm. So I mean, may I, it looks like Nick, Nick made his point, but that's that's just I just don't get it. I don't yeah. get it. Don't understand. Yeah. So that is a good honorable mention because yeah, that, he he did up up to this point, his play calling has not been very good. Yes, it looked like. Something clicked in the second half of that old Miss game. So hopefully, well, you know, in the first half we come out. We we've been calling for some design runs from for our quarterback. He comes out and he starts to run a few design runs, a little read option, a little quarterback keep, starting to look like it. And then and then he gets lost. Yeah. He gets lost in the play calling, and he goes back to you know wanting to keep him in a pocket. Just and, and he, it's like he's not paying attention to. What's working, and he's not calling plays to set up another play later in the game. He's—I think you said it on last week's show. He's playing checkers instead of chess. Yeah. And as an OC, you know, as a good OC, you want somebody that's playing chess, not checkers. I swear, it looks like he's looking at his play sheet and just going, mm-hmm. <laughs> "Let's run that one. Mm, let's run that one." Rather than you know building plays like you said off of plays and setting. Setting plays up with other plays, it's just, uh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. It is. Let's roll. Yep. All right. You want to keep talking some college football? Well, well, duh. <laughs> what else is there? That's I mean, kind of what we do. There's a little pro football, I guess, which we've we talked we've, about. We've but. already talked about some of the highlights of the, of the pro stuff. But it was a nice slate of games yeah. uh, this weekend, you know. Ohio State, Notre Dame. It was kind of a snooze fest, but it was a good top ten matchup. It was a good game. I mean, it's a good game to watch. I mean, I like defense. I mean, nobody is really just wowing. Not right now, really. You know, Georgia has. We've talked about that a couple times, and we even had our Georgia friend over this weekend, and he was saying, you know, I'm still not sold on on Georgia's quarterback. I mean, and that. You know, luckily for Georgia, they have the schedule to work things out, work all the bugs out, and maybe by towards the end of the season, they'll be a, a well-oiled machine. Well, maybe it's such a complicated offense that they need a 26-year-old to run it for them. 
That could be. Maybe it just need, needs a little bit more beer. <laughs> give, give uh, what's the Georgia's quarterback name? Beck. Give Carson Beck. I mean, he's got a beer named after him. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Go buy you some Becks, man. Get you some He's more not beer. old Let's enough. See. see, he's not old enough. It doesn't matter in Athens. <laughs> That's right. It doesn't matter in Athens. Old, uh -oh. young, whatever. Drive fast. <laughs> reckless. Drink. It's all good in Athens. And probably the, cheap shot. probably the best game of the day was the Florida State-Clemson game. Because that one, you know, went down to the wire, went to overtime. Um, so that was, a, that was an exciting battle. Um, so that was a good one. Yeah, I'm still, uh, you know, Florida State's back and Clemson's out. It's kind of a weird switch on the ACC. I mean, the ACC, I think, still has like, what do they have, like four? Four or five undefeated teams still. Game day is actually going to Durham this weekend. I know. <laughs> when have we ever For said Duke that? For Duke and Notre not, Dame, not basketball, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean the ACC. I mean you got you know they've been we've been beating them up the last couple. Yeah, years. there was there was seven universities that had never of the of the Power Five. There were seven that had never hosted a college game day, mm. and now there's six. This will be Duke's first one for for football. Duke looks Duke looks legit. I've watched one half of, of their football. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like, really like, have much other reason to watch right. Duke football, yeah. but I'd like um, to see them knock knock give a Notre Dame a second L. Yeah, yeah, but you know, come back to Clemson, man. It's uh, they just missed the boat on this cube QB, really Kublik, 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 Cade, Kublik, Kubik, Kubik, whatever his name is. He's now I do like Shipley. Uh, yeah, Will Shipley's legit for and, sure, and they got some. They got some good players on defense, but uh, I mean they're still good. But I mean you've just seen the guard just completely yeah. reverse, and Florida State's been absent for a decade nearly, and and now you know Florida State. I don't want to call them the team to beat because honestly, it's it's up in the air in the ACC. I mean UNC, USC, Miami, Miami. I still think they Miami's going to be Miami at yeah, some point. No. Duke, I think, is a sleeper sitting out there, nice and quiet-like. Yeah. So, ACC is interesting. I, I, I do want to say – the Virginia say, schools are struggling. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're not good for sure. I do want to say that um, you, were, you were mentioning earlier that nobody's really kind of put their foot forward. But I really think Oregon – I'm gonna give West Coast a little shout out. Uh -huh. I'm not. I'm not going nuts yeah. because they beat Colorado. Right. I mean, I think we all expected them to blow Dion out. But you know, Oregon's trenches—they're the size of their line and and the power that right. they show. And and I'm telling you, man, Nick's. Well, you know, now a lot of people are naming Lanning as a possible Saban successor because you know he was a grad assistant, right. started under Nick. Before he went to Memphis, then went from Memphis over to Athens Georgia, with Kirby, right. and Kirby was liked his. I like Dan so much style. He, I do like his style. You remember Kirby made him a co-defense coordinator right away. Right, right. And then uh, you know, and he's he doesn't care what other people think. I, I like that about him. You know, what did you think of his pre-game speech? I, like I said, he he was motivating his players, and it worked. You know. Say what you want to, and it's funny because it's kind of it was kind of irony because they recorded it and posted it. So what are, what are they doing there? They're trying to get clicks. But, right. But he's 
you know, flashy uniforms, he, he, a different uni for every game. He doesn't. He doesn't care. He doesn't care if if he upset you know Dion or, or Shador or the you know whatever. He was do. He was going to do whatever he sure. needed to do to get his team in the right mental state to go out there and do what they did, and it, it, right. it worked. So now I got no. And even in the post. Uh, his post-game conference, you know, they were asking him about it. And, he's, you know, he said, hey, what Deion Sanders is doing is great for college football. No disrespect to Deion, but he pretty much said what I just said. He's going to do whatever – he said, if, if I was playing my 10-year-old son, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to win. You know, whatever it takes to motivate my guys. I'm in that room with them 100%. I know what – feeds them what motivates them sure so no I, I i'm impressed he he uh he won me over I, I i would i would support him in tuscaloosa i would get ahead of ourselves i know i know we don't really we keep I mean, trying to snatch all these yeah, like, yeah. Like, well you know you get them <laughs> hot ones and you, you you know nick's still got a, at least another year or two in him anyway i mean i'm still on the coach prime wagon i mean i thought i thought dion handled Everything with class. He gave he gave Oregon their props. You know, I, I read an article today by um, I think his name is Jason Whitlock. He does a podcast. Yeah, and he is, is just been ripping Dion a new one and calling it a clown show and and saying that uh, you know all Dion is is a cover corner. He don't know how to teach offensive linemen what to do or teach you know. I mean, he was. He was really ripping Dion, and I was I, mean, I was surprised. That, I mean, you think Urban Meyer was a cover corner, or it, you think Urban Meyer was a yeah? I mean, uh, great it's, offensive it's, lineman. That's some bullshit. It's almost That's like well, yes, yeah, it's, it's almost like riding the Dion hype to build yourself up too by you know by going against Jason him. Whitlock looked like he ate an offensive <laughs> line. Isn't that the Jason Whitlock yeah. I'm thinking of? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a cheap shot. Yeah. Who cares and if Dion was just a cover corner? He's a coach. He's a CEO of Colorado. Exactly. I mean, as long as, you know, he's, he's bringing Warren Sapp next year exactly. to join his coaching yeah. staff. So he, he don't, in gold he don't, jackets. He don't got to have to teach how to play D-line. Right. He's bringing in somebody now, that can do it. Here's the thing about Dion. You know, it's not about clicks. It's about recruiting. And everything he's doing, I mean, he's they're doing a documentary, so they're filming everything anyway. But – it's all about recruiting, and he's making Colorado, they've been relevant overnight. They're competitive overnight. Yeah. Now, they're not competitive against the elite, and I consider Oregon elite. Yeah, well, so, you know, it's like I said from week one, I don't think they can sustain it because they don't – I mean, their offensive line is not built to no. win these battles against the big boys. And it, Dion knows that. He And, it's, and he's put his big boy pants on because – and I, I feel like he's told his team, say, look, we're documenting everything. I'm on social media. You guys better be ready for the heat because we're going to catch the heat. And Dion grew up that way anyway. I mean, he's, he's talked shit his whole life. Oh, yeah. And so he's backed it yeah, up. he's not going back And he's down. fine with losing 42 to 6. I mean, is it going to motivate him? Absolutely. But it's not going to set him back. No, no. No, so, I mean, and he did – he like, like I said, they've already – tripled their win total from last year. Exactly. The season is already successful. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and recruiting is on fire and recruiting they're they're on a lot of short lists for a lot of 
four and five star players now. Where it's going to be hard to get. Mentioned. It's going to be hard to build it through the portal now, with now the change in the rules where sure. you're only allowed one transfer. So that's going to hurt his ability to really take a big step in from year one to year two. So it's it's going to still be yeah, somewhat of a slow process. He's got some big pieces of the puzzle coming back, and so he's going to recruit that, that interior heavily. Yeah, he said that uh, he's already told Sh Shador and si Shiloh, not you're not allowed to go pro Yeah, We got one more year. <laughs> right, right. No, and, and I've even seen Shador on a mock in the first round. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Already, yeah, so. yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm all for Dion and, and Dan Lanning. I mean, I think uh, I was really impressed with Oregon. Uh, I've never really been a huge duck, been impressed with the Ducks because they've always had great skill position always, players. Yeah, they're always but flashy they suck on the, the interior, yeah. and they always get beat down when they go up against an elite team that is built from yeah. the line out. So yeah, if but, you can't win the trenches, you're, you're not going to. You know, but I definitely, win. I definitely see that they're they're built to. I think they're built to compete this year. It's going to be interesting. I tell you, uh, so another good matchup of a couple of ranked teams was Oregon State and Washington State. But yeah, but uh, what they call somebody called that the the nobody the, the watch nobody bowl. Watch, yeah. Nobody wants you bowl. But uh, yeah, Washington State, you're at home. You win. You storm the field. Come on. <laughs> this this storm in the field is ridiculous. Yeah, out of hand. Yeah, it's it I tell you what's gonna really suck about this whole expansion thing is the Pac twelve, you know, getting dismantled and now you got Dion out there creating some rivalry chalkboard combo. You got Dan you got Lanning and Dion, you got you Norville, know, yeah, 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 Norville. Yeah. I mean, you got all kinds of. Well, Norville's in the Mountain West, I think. But I mean, you got all. But kinds it's still right there in Colorado. Building now, and now they're going to all go their separate ways, and that's 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 the sucky part that we as fans are going to lose out on some of that. Yeah, well, they'll, they'll build new ones. It'd be cool to to see you know Colorado and Oregon play again, and and the tables be turned. You know, those receipts are going to be. That's what Dion said. He's yeah. keeping receipts. Yeah. So he said, "He said you better get me now. Better get me better now. Better get me now." I mean, he's, he's and, not and lying. I, and, and he's I get that. Lying. You know, I mean, like I said, these for what they've already accomplished this season. You know, hats off to you. And and like Dion said, you better get him now because he's gonna keep building and getting better. And what about Bama, man? We got it. We got. We got. You know, we're home. I'm a homer. We're gonna talk <laughs> a little Bama football for sure. I mean, we. We pulled out a pulled out a good W. It was a good win. Good W. I, you know, it, really, what impressed me was the defense holding Lane Kiffin to ten points. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. this was a team came in averaging what fifty three, I think. I don't even know, man. I want to say they were average because I, th I think they had scored one hundred fifty eight points in their first three games. If if my mind, my old mind serves me correctly. You think um, you think somebody lit a fire under Dallas Turner's butt? He must listen to the podcast, and mm. this guy has been riding him hard, and he he looks good, man. He did. He did. Him and Kool Aid, but, uh, you yeah. know, they're being talked about right now as the two best. Terry and Arnold. Terry and Arnold. He, yeah, he had a hell of a game. Come on, man, give Terry and some love. But man. they're he talking about. Really good. Uh, I saw today they were uh, saying that it was between Kool Aid and Dallas for who was the the best defensive player in college football right now. So. Our freshman free safety showed yeah. out and yeah. played really good. Hey. 
Hell yeah, we might have <laughs> we might have found us a damn go to number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jalen Hale looked good. Man, uh, got the size. I've heard comparisons to Pickens from Georgia. Nice. Um, Alpha. I've heard that you know that he comparisons to a couple of the you know top Alabama guys in the past like uh, Ridley and. Um, so yeah, he looks like an alpha dog to me. He goes up and won that contested yeah. ball, and he's athletic. I don't know where you came from. You came <laughs> out of nowhere, but hell yeah, we're glad to have you, buddy. We need that. We need that. Jalen Milrow needs that. You know. I'm yeah, I mean, now you just let let Jalen get better each week. You know, try to try to get better every day in practice. One percent better every day in practice, and then you know you get. 10% better each each weekend in the games. You know, by the time we hit the tough games on our schedule, you know, Tennessee and, and LSU, um, you know, he should be playing with confidence. Hopefully Tommy Reese has, has now figured out what plays to call, what works, what doesn't work. I don't think he's figured that out yet. No, but I'm it, saying he's by, a work in progress. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. saying if he – as if he coach, continues to get as better. He, as he evolves and right. grows and evolves with Jalen. And, you know, Jalen gets – Jalen is going to get better within the game if he's into the game. And if he starts breaking off some good runs, mm-hmm. making some good – some plays with his feet, you know, climbing the pocket, because he can make the throws. He's got strong enough arm. His accuracy is not elite, but – And if you have a son, name him Jalen, because there's a lot of Jalens that are good at football. <laughs> Come to Bama if you're named Jalen, because you seem to do well. But no, I thought I thought Jalen looked good. You know, I, I'm I'm pleased. Hopefully, you know, our crazy lunatic fringe Bama fans will quit yelling for a quarterback change because it's not our quarterback. Nah, I think that's over with. And and you know, the O line. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if if the O line got better or old Mrs. D line is just that bad. But the O line held their own in that game. You know, I think they went up probably against a bigger, slower D-line than what we've been going up against because, like I said, those speed rushes is what was killing us. Right, right. Proctor looked, Proctor looked better. You know, we did we did see some help mm-hmm. given his way, which is good. Yeah, As they, they lined up. recognize that. Yeah, they lined the tight end up over there with him on, on occasion. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah Jace, was, Jace looked, looked good. He looked explosive. Yep, yep. So. Didn't see the depth of the running back that we we thought no, we were going to get to see. we thought we get to see maybe Justice get to play a little bit, mm-hmm. but that didn't happen. But that's because Jace looks so good, and then you know, Roy Dell. Roy mm-hmm. Dell. Right. It's Dell. it's hard to 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 get beyond two running backs, really. I mean, to get to to get it, you know, Jam got in there some until he got kicked out for that that hell of a hit he get, <laughs> he laid on that kick returner. Yeah, he laid some wood uh, on um, that one. And you know, so I think that 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 served as some motivation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That changed the whole. Yeah, I think, that, you know, what I saw in this game was a little bit of that old swagger back. You know, they weren't so concerned about, you know, putting up fifty points. They they wanted to hit. They wanted, you know, if you looked at Jackson Dart at the end of the game. Oh, he was beat up. He was. He looked like he had gone 15 rounds with Ali. He quit running that yap, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And that's <laughs> that's what Alabama wants to get back to. It needs to get that, back uh, to. That that hit Jam made, man. That that was like old school Bama. Yeah. That was Reuben Foster, Reuben Foster shit right yeah. there. And I and that I, that's an unsung 
That's an unspoken, untalked about play of that game that I think made a big difference. I think that juiced us up, man. It, it, yeah, I mean, I hated that Jam didn't get to play anymore, but it was worth it. It was absolutely because worth it. it. I mean, you just instantly saw the whole energy of the team switch. That was old school Bama, man. We used to kill some folks on kickoffs, yeah. man. Yeah. Like I said, if you looked at, I, I don't, I don't remember all the stats. I want to say we had maybe five sacks. I'm not sure. Eight. Eight pressure, eight rushes, uh, or hurries, whatever they call them these days. But like I said, Dart was beat up yeah. in that game, and that's what we need to do week in and week out because we don't have that Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, 40, 50 points offense. No. You know, we if we if we can score in the high twenties, low thirties, and play defense like we're playing. That's going to be the formula for our success, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. I think we are a, a you know, that's our strong suit this year's defense. So yep. that's where we need to. That's where we need to hide. Hide our offense behind our defense. And Jalen's going to get better. I mean, I think he's still going to make a few mistakes here and there. But you know, I think the the pros outweigh the cons with Jalen. I think he's only going to get better. And, and now that, you know, he's got the vote of confidence, you know, I think he's going to well, improve. You know, it's that. funny when you were talking about um, the, what do you call them, fringe fanatic? Or lunatic fringe. Or lunatic fringe fans. Lunatic fringe fans. Did you notice how everybody was holding their breath when he did throw that touchdown pass and got oh, hurt? got hurt, yeah. So I, I think everybody has already been convinced that he gives us the best chance to win. I mean, you know, the, the thing that just really – frustrates me most about the whole quarterback controversy is, you know, online you're reading. And, I mean, I'm not at practices. Right. So who am I? All I can tell you is what I see in the games. And just because Jalen threw a couple of interceptions, he was under duress the whole first three yeah. games of the year. So, I mean, I just feel like Bama fans are, are always just – Crying they for need that instant that, gratification. That backup, yeah, like like we can't throw interceptions or a quarterback can't learn on the job. I mean, if you can't, then that's and that's what you saw in in game three was that we don't have well, and I'll bet a high quality backup. Uh, I, I'll actually, I, I, still, I mean, I still, I still think Ty Simpson's good. I still have a lot of confidence in Simpson, and and I he think, just needs the, he just needs the experience. He just right. doesn't have and and when you're bouncing back and forth between two and three quarterbacks you're you're not giving the top dog that chance to get progressively better each sure. week which right. is what we need because we went into the season with three very inexperienced quarterbacks well I guess Buckner was actually probably the most experienced of the three but he was he's coming off an injury and playing against you know not SEC schools but uh but anyway yeah I, I think if Nick had it to do over again, he probably would have played Milrow in that third game to, with hindsight now, you know. Right. Because that was, that was valuable game time experience that Milrow missed out on. But, but it was also a good game to, to expose the other ones to see, you know, is there something better than, than Milrow? And there wasn't. No. So. I'm not. What do you think about a 9 o'clock game, man? I that sucks. I'm pissed about Alabama playing yeah. at 9 o'clock. Now, now, now I got to do damn yard work on Saturday. 
Might not be awake by game time. <laughs> I know. Damn. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't see a, a, a party for this game. You looked at anything about the Mississippi State game? Have you got any predictions? Any <laughs> well, I mean, thoughts? Now I hadn't really looked. I hadn't really done any. I, I, I'm not. I've got. I've got a better feeling about that game than I have. You know. Yeah. The last I mean, couple of games. The last three games. I so. mean, I. I I was I was not expecting anything out of the Ole Miss game, and so yeah, I was worried going into the Ole Miss game. Sure, I, this I, game I, I think this is I think this is going to be a good game for Jalen to take another step forward. That that's what I think this game is going to be. Yeah, I haven't really looked at Mississippi State. I mean, they know, still got uh, what Will Rogers is still there, right? And uh, you know, no more Mike Leach. Uh, God rest his Yeah, own. unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, and, and they, I don't even, what are they, two and two? or I don't even know, three? man. I, mean, I, I swear I haven't been, I haven't, haven't paid uh, attention. I mean, I've just been looking at at each game individually, and I don't usually start looking until, you know, Thursday is when I really start looking at the next opponent to see where our edges are and, and what we should expect. But, mm-hmm. I guess uh, I guess nah, if we're going to keep doing this podcast yeah. thing, maybe I <laughs> do a little more research. Especially if you're going to bring it up. If I'm going to ask the if damn you, question, you're going to call us out on the show. Yeah, well, we you, might. I figured you knew. <laughs> I could just jump jump on your coattails. No, no, you you caught you got me. You got me. <laughs> I, I know nothing about Mississippi State. They don't they don't scare me. Now watch. Hopefully, I didn't just fuck us. <laughs> now I, I know one thing. We don't need more cowbell. I'm, and it's at Mississippi State. I know, I know. At I 9 know. o'clock. Whew. If you've ever been to that stadium to watch a game, you'll never, ever go back. And that was back in the day where there was no cowbell restrictions. They do have some restrictions. No, they were grandfathered in. No. I, I thought they still had some restrictions on. I don't think if so. If you're a state fan, let us know. Cause, I, don't, uh, I don't think so. I think the game I went to, I, I, you couldn't even hardly hear yourself yeah, think. I think they grandfather. You know, they, you're not allowed, like, air horns and anything like that at any other stadium, but they they grandfathered in the cowbells. So. It's terrible. Yeah, it's so obnoxious. I, I didn't even like it when people had them at the high school games. You know, there might only be five of them at well, the high school games. Bring a, how are you going to bring a cowbell to a, a Knights game? What does a cowbell <laughs> have to do with a Knight? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, at least at least Mississippi State's like a, a agricultural school. And yeah, so they're you, still the Bulldogs, though. I know, but she's, I mean, it's still an ag school. I mean, they're almost as country and as farmers as Auburn. So, anyway. All right, I got one more thing I want to talk about, and that's these – ages of these college football players and the, the amount of years that they are now getting to be able to play. Bo Nix, Sam Hartman, and Michael Penix, three that are commonly talked about as possible Heisman winners, top quarterbacks in college football. You realize there's eight starting quarterbacks in the NFL younger than those three guys. <laughs> You told me that the other day. I, I remember when you said something about. And I'm just talking starting court. I mean, there's probably yeah. There's probably 17 to 20 quarterbacks in the NFL because I didn't include, um, you know, Davis. Uh, what's his name? Davis Webb? No, not Davis Webb. But what's the kid in Houston that lost his job to Stroud? Mills. Davis, Davis Mills. Mills. 
I didn't count him. I, you know, if he, if they weren't starting, I mean, Justin Herbert started his NFL career the same time Bo Nix started his college career. Bo right? Nix came in with Tua and Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, and he's still playing mm-hmm. collegiate football. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a reason why he looks comfortable finally. I mean, he's. Yeah. I mean, and then, even though I say if you're in, you know, I hear a lot of people always refer to college football players as kids, kids, kids. Right. They're not kids. They're well, they're grown men, man. They're you know college. how old you know how old the starting quarterback for Old Dominion is? Well, you know, I haven't studied Old Dominion's roster. Seventeen. Seventeen. You know how old the kicker for University of Virginia is? Sixteen. Thirty-four. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. So you've got 34-year-olds playing with 17-year-olds. What's wrong with this picture? I mean, one's a kicker. I mean, what's a 34 I know he's a kicker, kicker, but, you know, when you start looking at 26-year-old quarterbacks. Right. I mean, just like, yeah, what's his name last year for Tennessee? Yeah. And and Stetson, of course. Hendon Hooker and and Stetson. And now there's a tight end for Miami. Let me see. I got his name in my notes. Cam McCormick. He holds he's currently tied holding the record for longest college career. He's been in playing college football for eight years and just petitioned the NCAA for a for a ninth year. Wow. And I understand injuries and this and that, but And with NIL, it's probably gonna it's get probably worse. gonna get worse. So they stand to make more money in NIL than they You know, when we were in college, you were given five years to play four seasons. That's it, period. I think occasionally they could grant a sixth for a medical red medical shirt. Medical red shirt, yeah. But now with the recent COVID and and some of these other things, you've got seven, six, seven, and eight-year college football players. And that's that, – yeah. that's not – that shouldn't be when you've got 17 and 18-year-old. Now, I know these kids are built different. They are built, but you're you're right. I mean, it's different. It's you're as a as a as a dude. I mean, your your chest, your shoulders, everything fills out. You know, around twenty four, twenty five. I mean, well, well, there's a reason the NFL does not allow right players to enter the league right out, right out of high, high school. school because yeah, you might physically look like that, but you're not mentally developed, um, and you're you might physically look it, but you're still yeah, you're still you you're ain't still been in that body now, right. as you're long. Gonna, so you're not, you're not physically gonna handle. I mean, there's a big difference between strong and grown man strong, you know. And grown man strong's a real thing. Yeah. So it's yeah. Uh, so I I think it's time for for college to to consider capping some of this stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff for college to consider. That being one of them for sure. Especially a quarterback, man. Quarterback. I mean, that's a, that's a huge advantage. That is an advantage. I mean, it's like Winky, you know. When yeah. and yeah. you know, and I and I and I, that's kind of where Oklahoma State a couple years. And that's kind of where I'm. I'm yeah, and that's kind of where I'm a little torn on it because some of these people did decide to go and serve the country uh, for or four years, play other professional or, sports, or chase another sport. Over. But still, a 27 year old out there with. <laughs> 18, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20. 
there's a big difference. Big, big difference. difference. So that's just a. I should have been a scumbag, like a rant on the scumbag. Yeah. You should have had NCAA as your scumbag for allowing it. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, I just uh, just thought I'd talk about it this week. So. All right. Wait, wait, you got anything else you wanted to talk about? Or you want to get into this old elk? Nah, I'm ready to drink some more bourbon, man. We are going to do a Master Series double wheat old elk. So uh, We were disappointed in the last one. We were. The last one was kind of their entry level. Yep. And this one and this was, is this, this one, is like I said this is part of their master series line. So it's a, a, a blended um, of and we'll talk a little bit more about it when we actually get into that segment. Right. So Join us we're going yeah, we're going to wrap up the, the sports talk and uh, then we'll uh, go into the rate that shit. Hey, go, go go to TikTok. Like us on TikTok, follow us on TikTok, check us out on, you know, all of our socials for That's sure. Right. Um, hit us Shoot up, us an email. Buzz and Ballin PR at gmail.com for some emails. Be be interesting to get some some feedback from your fan bases. So. Yeah, we're starting to get some some feedback. Starting to get some some uh, people wanting to get us some bourbon to rate, and uh, yeah. some things are picking up. Yeah, good good to, good to know. Better jump on that wagon now before we're so big we just <laughs> don't even listen to you no more. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's roll on into some rate that shit. All right, cheers. Welcome into the Bourbon Buzz and Ballin' podcast, and it's time to rate that shit. Colby, what we got? We got an old elk double wheat. So this is part of the Masters Blend series. It's a blend of their wheated bourbon and their wheat whiskey. Now the wheated bourbon is like a forty-five percent wheat, uh, and their wheated whiskey is actually 95% wheat. So between the two blends, it, it, the mash bill is a 71.5% wheat, 25% corn, and 3.5% barley. It's a, the, the weeded bourbon that goes in it is aged six years. The weeded whiskey is aged between six and eight years, and just depending on when they, when they deem it ready. Depending on where you live, you can get this for 95 to $100. It's high proof, it's 107.1 proof. Now, the aroma you're supposed to get is a butterscotch and cinnamon toast. The palate should be a creamy vanilla with brown sugar and ginger dusted pecans. And then it's supposed to have a very oaky finish. What's well, on the money? Okay. That's on the money. Well, let's talk a little bit about our, our rating nice system. Smell. We go one through four on our rating system. One, it's brown bag. It's typically a bourbon that we just, we don't recommend that you buy. We try to save you a little money. We don't do a lot of brown bags. Two, it's a mixer. That's generally, uh, you know, your daily drink or something. You want to throw a splash of Coke or whatever you like to mix. Three, it's starting to get a little bit better. Might be high proof. Uh, we call that on the rocks, dilute it down a little bit. Last but not least, if we rate you a number four, we like it. We like it a lot. We like that neat. That's our rate on four. And we like to do that in a Glen Cairn, man. That's the way I like to drink my bourbon anyway. All right. Well, what'd you think? I thought it was very pleasant, man. It was, I got, uh, I definitely got the butterscotch uh, notes. Front. Yeah, I got the butterscotch. You can smell a little bit of heat in there. I don't know, I mean, you know, for 107, though, there's no burn. You're right. 107, it's smooth as yeah, hell. Yeah, it is very, very smooth. Um, 
I get the creamy vanilla. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get the, the pecans. And it's not, it's it, it, kind of like last week where we said there really was no finish. I don't really get a whole lot of finish. It's lingering a little bit on my tongue and in my mouth. Mm-hmm. It's good. I like this one. Now, Now the last one we kind of beat up a little bit. Oh, yeah. This one's definitely better than last week's. I don't put it as quite as as high as the old elf though. I mean, I'm sorry, as the as the whistle as the pig. Whistle pig. I, I'm gonna go three. Hmm. Now, I went two last week on on the entry. I'm gonna go three on this one, uh, only because I'm comparing it with with that piggyback. Yeah, and, I'm, uh, I'm gonna agree with you. I, I think it. I think I it. Think I think it just, lacks the complexity of just that. Just not quite there. Of yeah. That. Yeah, that whistle pig. I mean, this one it is still lingering. The heat is in my mouth a little bit, but there was no Kentucky hug, really. No, no burn. No, no. Um, got a few little flavor notes from it. This one's expensive, man. This one cost us a pretty penny. And yeah, like I said, ninety-five to a hundred dollars is what you can expect to pay uh, for this this bourbon, and that it's a little pricey when you can have that piggyback oh, man. for fifty. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of better options out there for that price yeah. um honestly right now I and mean, we still got some even higher dollar old elk <laughs> to go through man they're they're pretty bottles i ain't gonna lie to you they're pretty bottles um it almost looks like a decanter it does look like a decanter and the and the color of this bourbon was really nice and looked it looked like a it looked like a blend to me or or it was aged a little longer than six to eight but, right um I don't know, man. I'm right now. I'm just kind of thinking that this line's overrated. Yeah, yeah. Now this one's good. It, it, like, good like I said, it's gotten better than the first one. So let's hope that, that they keep getting better. You gotta, you gotta figure economics into this discussion, though, because absolutely. I mean, if I'm going, if I'm going to spend ninety on a bottle, I, I you know, I really want to have my shoes knocked off. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, in that. Forty to sixty dollar range, old Forester Statesman. I mean, those are sixty dollar bourbons. Yeah, Chicken Cox. Chicken Cox is sixty dollar bourbon. So that's what Southern I'm saying. Star Paragon. Yeah, I mean, in that forty to sixty dollar range, that's where this price wise to me should should have fallen because it's there's some in that price range that I would rather buy than, than this. Now next week is a small batch. We're gonna do the small batch next okay. week. So, so that one, that one should, it should be good. And then after that one, we're going to do the cigar cut. Okay. Or we can vice versa, whatever you want. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. Matter. I mean, you're, you're the cigar smoker. <laughs> <laughs> Overrated is the theme for me so far with Old yeah, Elk. Man. I agree. I agree. I hate that too because they look good on the shelf. And I want to say at Christmas they had like a uh, – a package where you got the bottle with like a real nice silver mm. elk um, cork, but uh, yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully they'll get better. But I mean, a three's not bad. A three's not bad. Yeah, sure, but That's true. But I don't want to spend a hundred dollars on a three. I want to spend a hundred dollars on a four. That's so. true. That's true. For what that's worth. <laughs> oh well. All right. Cheers. Cheers.